Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Levin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I will be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field, but also people who have a general interest in the topic and don't stammer. So as you may have seen or know, I post about it quite a lot and I also talk about it quite a lot. So I, I'm now a TEDx speaker, which is still very scary. So still doesn't feel real. And I did it at the University of Surrey. And you may have listened to our episode already with Nina Conception, who was a one of her fellow speakers. And now I'm actually joined by the host of the event, Zach. So Zach was very reassuring to me on the day. Zach made me feel very comfortable. But also it the whole team at the event did an amazing job. I will talk about that later on so Zach it's sort of weird me being the host now to you so welcome to the podcast (laughs) thank you I feel much more uh, comfortable in this role I think (laughs) yeah and was talking to someone earlier so I've been invited to talk at a work event and so I was just like just just so I know how many people are going to be there Uh, oh 90 people is that okay was like to be honest, now the TEDx was 200, so anything below 200, that's a dream. So it's like 90 is perfect amount of number. Mm. So Zach, can, can you just introduce yourself and tell me what you do? Yeah, um, so my, my name is Zach Gornel-Snell. Um, I'm a student at the University of Surrey. I'm 21. I study politics and economics. And uh, I had a recent revelation that means I actually want to become a clinical psychologist. Uh, wow. Which will take a number of years to get there. Um, but whilst I'm at university, I was trying to gain as much experience um, and just, yeah, just experience as many things as possible and grow as a person. And that's why I, I joined the TEDx. So. Wow, that is absolutely fascinating. And like the forefront, and like it's sort of two different things massively. Um, but we'll talk about that more and more detail because I want to know more. So as I've mentioned, you don't stammer. And after the event, we sort of were chatting about what's going on. And we went up in rehearsals, like we chatted about it as well. What do you know about the topic? Honestly, not that much. Um, I knew a couple of people potentially growing up um, who stammered at school. But I can't remember precisely, uh, but I don't know or come across anyone in my day-to-day life at the moment. No one from uni or, or school friends. Um, so it's not really something that I'm, I'm not familiar with. Um, my mum works in, in healthcare, and so I was asking her a few questions about it. But she also, uh, although she's worked with people with, with different neurodiversity and um, different things that they've got going on, um, she hasn't come across or, or worked with anyone with a stammer, so really? not, not too much. Yeah, I always love asking this question to people who don't stammer because it surprised me how sometimes they may go, oh, I've got a sibling who stammers, I'm one of my best friends does, or you've got people who don't expect, like Charlotte Tobin, my, 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 my amazing publicist, she works with people every day, and I said to her, do you know, like, if I hadn't come to you, would you have known anything about something she said? one of the reasons why I sparked to you was because I didn't know anything about the topic, but also despite talking to so many people, you're the first person who I've met who actually has a stammer. And even though these statistics are quite small, and actually one of my questions that my TEDx to the audience was, if you know someone with a stammer, stand up. And if you stammer yourself, stay standing. And if you don't sit down, I think they're around two people still standing mm. so it was a a blur my whole speech to myself was a massive blur and so I think here there are around two or three people still standing and that sort of proved that the stats are one in 100 people will stammer so I was expecting that apart from me in that room or 200 people there would have been at least one other person and when you think about stammering what do you think of um what, what, come, what first comes to mind uh i just imagine um someone in a conversation uh just just obviously struggling to articulate themselves and then um potentially other people um 
doing the things that you ask them not to do in your TEDx talk. So you know, finishing sentences and trying to explain things on their behalf. And I just, I, I imagine it is sort of something that is a little bit awkward to get past in social scenarios. And, and I'm going to echo the words you said in TEDx again, is everyone's going at a million miles an hour everywhere. Everyone's getting the instantaneous information and wanting to be busybodies and get on to the next thing. And I just imagine someone that's not able to integrate into that because if it takes that little bit of a moment, people don't want to always hear about it and how that might be quite, or actually quite infuriating for, for someone with yeah. stamina. But yeah, that's that's the kind of vision that comes to mind as someone that's, yeah, okay. maybe feels a little bit left behind. By that. Yeah, and it's sort of, sort of relatable what you've just heard because I know that a lot of people feel the same way, but also the perspective from someone who stammers like myself, that's actually one thing that I'll say, and I've struggled socially quite a lot because I'm always thinking about my stammer and I'm always thinking about how new people react to my stammer. And I don't know, like when I meet a new set of people, even though I know I'll be absolutely confident with someone who I know, I'm still very conscious about my stammer. And also, when I talk about my stammer, if I'm talking about my stammer, like at TEDx, I'm still thinking about how people react to my stammer because it's just in my constant kind of thought and it's like how I pre-think every single sentence or every single topic. So if I know I'm going to be talking to someone at work, I know there could be a few topics that I'll be talking about. So what are stammer-friendly words that could come up in that conversation? which no one would realise at all, but it's just I can't pre-think of going through my head and seeing where it goes. And I think not that many people realise that. I was actually going to um, come in on that, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, um, I think something that I take for granted, and those of, if anyone that knows me is, is listening, I'll know that I, and humans in general, organise their thoughts through talking to other people. So you'll meet up for a coffee to try and understand either a relationship or a work problem that you've got going on or you might be feeling a little bit anxious so you need to talk to someone about it and I organize myself through just splurging out onto other people and then kind of piecing it together and I feel like I take that for granted as like such a privilege to be able to go and do that and that maybe for someone with a stammer they're not obviously as able to articulate as freely because like you say you're thinking one sentence ahead as to yeah. the next thing you're going to say. So you can't always just speak exactly your mind. So it's a yeah. hard thing to be able to actually make sense of your own thoughts when you're constantly trying to think about making sure they actually come out <laughs> rather than being exactly precise of what you want to say, I guess. Yeah. I guess and that's I've... something I never really thought of. Oh, definitely. And, and, and it sort of means a lot, like hearing that from people who don't summer and it's I, I was talking to Hayley Hassel who's a news round and BBC Five Live presenter and like she was saying and she has a stammer and she was saying how when she reads her script absolutely fine because she's written it and like she's but like she said the hardest bit for her is if someone's given her a pre-written out sentence so when she has to read out the, the headlines they're not in like her words and she said that's when my stammer may come into action because when she said, you can't change the headlines. So if someone's done something politically, you can't sort of change because that one word may be portrayed in a whole completely different way. But she said the script, if someone's written it for her, she finds that much harder because she's written it and she's more comfortable with what she's written. And I think, like, when I was going through my speech with different people, I wrote it all myself and I basically gave it to different people some who know me very well. And I actually gave it to someone, one of my friends, who doesn't know me as well as they do. And I just said, I want your fresh perspective on it. And his first sentence that he added in was one I've kept for the whole thing. And that was, um, I have a superpower. You may be wondering if I have a superpower strength. Like he, some reason that just didn't click. And he said, this just brings in your superpower, but also like, I just didn't think, but also like seeing how like people, different people react. Like, so it's like one person said, include that definitely. And like one person said, don't include that. 
talk about this and it just seemed like but also then I go back into it and I'm like oh that is a good word but can I say it but it's like actually I should keep it in there because I'm talking about my stammer and did you notice my stammer when I was doing my talk um in the audition uh and in the actual talk I think it was quite similar not really but you would know that you, you would know you had a stammer yeah because obviously there's some things that you you might pause for a second or or yeah stammer like for like two syllables and then carry on but it was far less than if I'm honest I was expecting before yeah. I met you before I saw you at the audition I saw obviously you were speaking about stammering and then you had a stammer and I thought it was going to be like well I guess a lot worse like a, a lot more stammering yeah um but you actually breezed through it in the audition and the real thing and it was it was great to hear actually and the fact yeah. that you were able to deliver it in the way you did was like a testament to I guess how much you worked on it and how much you're able to you know be confident in, in that moment thank you uh, and I sort of guess that it's like one, one of my messages to destigmatize the subject so that stammering's not just a severe stammer like it's a stammer from all perspectives so I'd love to know so you were the host but also you were looking after like the social the content side of it and how did you find your experience and, and can you just explain what your role was okay so uh a bit of context actually it'll kind of make sense if I explain it a little bit before is uh this year I was president of the cycling and triathlon club at uni wow and so basically I put on some keynote speaking events and invited some people to do some events so that it was interesting for our students to hear about like good sports people and their tips and stuff uh, and I also organized six different sponsors to come on board to that uni team and build a new kit and make it really cool on social media and so basically that was noticed a little bit by a few people in the union because I was just being a little bit disruptive while I was doing and trying to get the message out there, build the club. Uh, and at Refreshers Fair, which is basically where all the clubs come together to try and recruit students, I was there recruiting for triathlon. Uh, and then I decided to wander around myself and Amantas spots me and says, Zach, I've seen what you've been doing with the Cycling Triathlon Club with the sponsorships. It's been looking really good. I'd love to have you on board to try and help with TEDx. So I thought, why not? I've heard of TEDx like everyone has, dreamt yeah. of being at a TEDx or part of it or doing a talk myself um, since I was a little bit younger. And so I thought, I'll jump on this. This is what university is for, jumping on opportunities when, when they come up. And so I got right involved, um, started out with the sponsorship side of stuff, tried to send out tons and tons of emails and get interested in that regard. And as we got closer to the time, uh, I do actually also have a little bit of a background in marketing. Like I worked, I did a summer internship last year with a tech startup. So I know a little bit of like video editing and have my YouTube channel and stuff. So I, I know that kind of stuff. So I, yeah, you would have got the email um, for all the marketing stuff that I tried to yeah. get together to kind of drum up the hype before the event, sell the tickets. And then about three weeks out, four weeks out, we realized we didn't have a host. And I just said, look, this is something that I've always wanted to get involved with public speaking. I've never really done it before. It's something I'm very unfamiliar with, but I'm just going to throw myself at it. And lo and behold, we managed to stumble our way through. I wrote the scripts. I checked it all with, with all of the people, yourself included. And then, yeah, I hosted the event. And it's, yeah, it was all a bit of a roller coaster. I didn't imagine it happening when I first looked at Amantas in the Refreshers Fair, but is one of the one of the best experiences of my life hosting hosting the event. It was such a rich experience that I'll, yeah. I'll never forget. And like the whole team were just so supportive, and it made me laugh. So I was going through like the TEDx website on like local events, and I saw that the so university, and I thought that's my local, um, my local event. But also, I've got a lot of history of like Guildford Cathedral as well. So I thought. This is meant to be because my grandpa used to be the Bishop of Guildford many years ago. And I thought, some reason I, I just knew was like, okay, I've got a feeling about this. I told my, my manager that I was going to do the application. And, and she was like, you know, what? sure, I, I don't, I just don't put things past you. And I was like, yeah, why not? 
and I said, can you check it? And I sort of did the application, but before that, so I found the event, and then I saw his sort of Imantas was for her event. I met it, so I found him on LinkedIn, and I said, hi, hi, Imantas, I'm really keen. Like, I see you the host. Can you tell me a bit more about the event? This is basically just a very quick blurb. I don't think I've ever shorted it down that well before, and not just for all right, let, it's just worth like sending it off. Like, absolutely, yeah. And didn't really think, I mean, I sent it quite late at night as well because my brain was just in a in a spill going, you know what, let's do it, why not? Mm. Woke up to a message from him going, you're actually, he said, this is, you've actually come up for earlier summers, like we only got our license last week and the application form's not even ready yet. So when you're ready, I'll send you the application. He sent me the application, I filled it out. I was reading it through, like, I because a few people knew that I'd always wanted to do one. So I only let, I didn't even tell my family that I had done the application. I had only told three people, no, actually, this stage, three people that I was doing it because I just thought, you know, what, let's just send it off. And then, like, a few months went by, then I was actually at Mantas. When do we find out? He was like, oh, you'll find out next week. And I was at a, a song for my team's leaving dreams. They're all quite sort of, and I said, oh, I'm meant to be hearing back on my TEDx. And they literally just went, and then that's when I found out I got my three minute video. And it basically just went from there. And then at the actual event, I, I was literally at home working from home, got the email come through. I had to reread it four times when I rang my team and was like, I got it, literally. For the day before, so that went on to the audition. The next day was when I was doing my half marathon for actual starring children. Oh, wow. So that weekend was a very anxiety-driven weekend of doing the audition on Saturday and then the half marathon. <laughs> and the half marathon on Sunday. <laughs> because yes. I had because I'd done my coughing a few weeks before, so I was quite mm -hmm. conscious about how I was going to do it. So that morning, Saturday morning, I was thinking, okay, let's just think about the TEDx, driving home, I thought, okay, that's on then. The next thing was like, oh yeah, I've got a half marathon tour, literally. So I decided <laughs> to my team, I was like, if I have a big weekend like this again, tell me not to do it. Yeah, you just fall over at the finish line after that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay, I think I need to calm myself down. I mean, that'd be a bit like coming, but, Fun fact, not that many people know this, was that I was way more nervous doing my presentation to my team than I was for the actual speech. Because I'm way more nervous about my stammer in front of people who I know than people who I don't know. Because mm, I guess you, with people that you know, you actually care about what they yeah. think. Whereas the people that you don't know, they don't know. Actually, you're going you're gonna to care less because you're not going to see them ever again. Yeah. And it was really weird. I was quite nervous on a speech. And I, then I, because I literally came from the office straight to the venue to do a practice. And I saw Mike had done a post about the stage. And I, for some reason, was expecting this like a lecture hall. It was definitely, it was like, that looks a bit bigger than I thought it was going I to be. I remember you coming in and saying that and thinking, oh, wow, this is a, yeah. this is a proper set. I mean, I was impressed myself when I, yeah. when I turned up. I had no idea what it was going to be like either. And literally, and I, you so see was, the massive TEDx letters. Oh, yeah. Like, was like, this is a bit daunting. Literally, I mean, because I, I was literally just, I mean, it was at lunch and I got it, and my team run was like, was like to my man, to my man, it was like, my anxiety's kicked in massive. Was like, the venue looks like Wembley Arena. <laughs> and it, but I just felt so comfortable. Like, you all made me so comfortable. I mean, experience this is one of the best experiences I've ever done. And I, mm. I don't think I realised, I, I think I now make more, realise more about how big it really is. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, I've done it today. So like, that is big, that is big, big. I was like, yeah, no, it's big. They're like, no, no, no. They're like, I don't think you're ready for what's going to happen next after this. And then it sort of clicked from that. So sort of linking to what you said before. So you sort of had a change, like you wanting to now become a clinical psychiatrist. And that's, and I'm actually surprised that I said that word without stammering because I thought I would really struggle. So, so what made you do that switch? But also some people with a stammer 
who maybe listen to this maybe wanting to go to university however we are afraid of like maybe meeting new people what advice would you have as well for people who want to go into uni but could be afraid about their stammer okay so to answer the first question about why I want to become a clinical psychologist all of a sudden um it's kind of like what I would recommend or what I encourage my friends to do and what I've tried to do in the last couple of years which is just follow my curiosities and take opportunities when they come up and just see what that does to my curiosity basically um and so I think it was around March time and I was thinking okay need to have a serious chat with myself here in the mirror what do I actually want to do with my life because so far I've chosen things that I'm interested in along my life and I've taken opportunities that have come up but I don't actually have a five-year plan or a tent or like a proper vision of where I want to be in when I'm 30 or 35 or what my career wants to be and I realized actually I'm really curious about understanding people I really want I really want to understand why people make the decisions they do why people can feel really sad and down and anxious and how are the best ways that we can help them achieve their goals and provide some meaning in their life and at the end of the day that's what a clinical psychologist does and I kind of want to lecture as well and be a professor and teach so I want to teach and have a practice and and educate and inspire and help lift people out of of the the depth they're in and encourage them to pick up the responsibility of life and really embrace it and, and do something good with their life. So I want to just help people. So that's that's kind of what uh, led to that. Um, and I wouldn't have come to that conclusion if I hadn't have gone to university. So I'll segue it through to why I think uh, you shouldn't see your, your stammer or, or anything else for that matter as a barrier to university. I think uh, of any space to go into, although it's increasingly good across the board, whatever you decide to go into post-school, you know, any apprenticeship or straight into work or whatever, there's things in place now that mean companies and universities are really well equipped to just help out with whatever different needs or uh, different things that people might might ask or, or like whilst they're trying to become an adult, I suppose, around those years, 19, 20, 21. But yeah, the universities are really well equipped. Um, and I think everyone at university as well is in that generation is being is very accepting of whoever you are, whether you stammer or not. And I think you'll always find your group of people because there's so many different groups of people at university who are interested in so many different things. I mean, the biggest society at Surrey is the Anime and Manga Society. And I, really? I couldn't care less about anime. I, honestly, I... I I don't have any opinions about it. I just don't, I've never watched it. I don't know anything about it really. But there's so many people that have found their people. Or there's like Dungeons and Dragons Society or gaming or cycling or whatever there is that you're interested in. You can create a society, you can meet like-minded people. But equally in those things, you know, you're not going to be turned away from joining the football team if you have a stammer. And, you know, if you, if you, lacking confidence there'll always be people who will take you under your wing you know you'll have final years you'll have potentially staff as well you've got usually have a tutor you can turn to so yeah i'd say if you have a stammer or something along in that kind of category of things then i think university is a great place to unlock confidence because you'll realize that there are people out there who really want to make friends with you because you're a really interesting person whatever that is so yeah all, all power to anyone who wants to apply to university to be honest it's a great place to learn wow and and it did make me make me laugh when i was watching my speech because i realized that because i always went straight through through the apprenticeship scheme past college and i thought it was really weird talking about championing apprenticeships at a university <laughs> i was like it just felt like these two and two don't seem was like it, well, it just felt... honest, apprenticeships are very yeah. good oh i There's love a, like it's mine almost just as like it depends yeah. on the kind of person you are there's not one Definitely. better than the other it's just and you can make a success of either exactly and i i i knew that like, i have three sisters they went to uni and i just knew that the uni 
experience wasn't for me and none of us. I just wanted to go straight into the workplace, basically hit the ball running and it was one of the best decisions that I ever did. And like university is great for everyone. And, and I think that now, like you say, the options out there are incredible and like you won't have a problem finding what's like best suited for you. And like you like was talking to someone about it earlier, how I, when you know yourself and once you believe in yourself, the rest is easy because you know what you're passionate about. You will know what you can succeed in. And I think the more you know about what you can succeed in, the more passionate you'll become and the more your route will be clearer over time. So one of the next things I'd love, I not really love to talk about, but it's quite a depressing aspect. But one of the things about the topic is the stigma and the what to do and sadly one of the things about the topic is the stigma around it which you sort of mentioned and I, I did quite a big piece on it in my talk about how it's more seen as pity and not really all seen as a joke like lots of people like 27 percent of Brits think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer which is scarily a big percentage but also a very believable stat sadly at the same time if you and there's sadly been a few situations where people don't really know what to do and how would you help so if you saw someone in public and they were stammering getting their coffee and you saw that the person behind the bar was rolling their eyes or like sort of maybe not mocking their stammer but like making a sign about their stammer what would you do in that situation? It sounds more direct than it is, this question, sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I would do and what I would like to do, I would hope would be the same thing. Um, and I think if, if that was happening and I was the person behind, for example, in the queue, um, I'd just be more than content just to be patient and stand behind. And if, if it got bad, then I'd probably just try and have a word with the with the cashier and be like, look, like everyone's gonna have a better time if you just have a little bit of patience. Like you're in a customer serving role. You're supposed to be able to accommodate for absolutely everyone that comes to you, even if someone takes 10 seconds to ask for the coffee rather than four seconds. It's like it's not really that much of a of a waste on their life. Um but yeah, I, I suppose working in that environment, if that person's had a really bad day and then someone is taking longer to order. I can obviously appreciate the other side of it. I can yeah. appreciate oh, how, how it can be frustrating for them as well. Yeah. Um, but I think I just try and remind them that, that this person is trying their best and they're also yeah. just a normal person trying to go about their day. So yeah, I don't think there's that much you can do yeah. always in that situation, but I'd try and maybe say a one-liner to the, the person who stammered after me and just be like, Look, that that person was a bit bit silly, a bit of an idiot. Like, and I just yeah. try I try and make light of it and have a joke with them and be like, look, at least you got your coffee in the end. Yeah. Um, and then I obviously be on my way. Um, yeah. So that's really good because I had experience at a tube station. I got lost, was late for my meeting, and I couldn't find where to go. So I asked the TFL member of staff. And I said, "What platform do I need to go to King's King's Cross?" And they're like. He literally pointed and said, go over there. So it's like, all right. I went over, still very confused. The signage is minimal. Went back and I said, being very British, I was like, I'm so, so sorry. And at this point, my stand was quite bad because I was quite anxious. Mm. And I said, what platform do you mean exactly? And firstly, he rolled his eyes when I stammered. And secondly, he then told me to F off as he had already told me once. And you could he was literally doing a big eyebrow when I was stammering and there were other people around uh, waiting for his help no one came up to me after to see if I was okay because I was quite distressed and quite embarrassed right no one came up to me after complained to TFL straight away nothing I they just dropped the claim and they just wouldn't own up and I gave them the exact platform exact time and they said we don't we can't tell who who was on that platform at that time yeah people just even, don't have the patience do they they, they, they didn't even refund my ticket oh no yeah 
like you can get quite hard done by in life, can't you? With, with people that are just um, they can't appreciate where someone else is at in general, right? They they have a hard time being uh, empathetic uh, or uh, sympathetic. I mean, obviously he, he doesn't stand that. They're just just understanding where someone else is at with something, and he's just clearly just gone. I don't have time for this, and just taken the yeah. the bad course of action which is just to throw it back in your face and and obviously now that's given you a well a good story to bring up at times well, like yeah this. but it, obviously a um left a bit of a sour taste in your mouth i'd imagine uh, yeah, yeah, like especially i would say like when you're asking for help in that environment i, I would feel uncomfortable and i i don't stammer but i might potentially stutter in that scenario because yeah. it's like when you're anxious in general you and you're asking for directions and you're stressful because you don't know where you're going and your train might leave. You hope that those people are going to be the most friendly and the most helpful. It's going over there. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, yeah, that's, I, th I think that's, yeah, it's obviously appalling behavior. But the funny thing was that he gave me more detail about where to go the second time round. He was there, so you need to cross the platform to the other side and then go there. And I was like, why didn't you just save it in the first yeah, time? Right. Yeah. So I've got a question that I ask all my guests, and I don't give you warning about beforehand. When you think of someone famous who stammers, who do you think of and why? Well, I have to say, uh, because I'm a bit biased, because I listened to your podcast to do a bit of prior research, and uh, the first person that comes to mind is Ed Bulls, so who was, of course, on this podcast like probably a few months ago now. Um, even though he isn't probably someone that I would have known stammered before listening to this. So, oh, that's quite hard on the spot today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know anyone really. Shall I um, shout some names across? Not shout, but okay. so Joe Biden, he's got a stammer. Oh, of course. Yeah. Does Boris Johnson have a speech impediment? Well, some people think he may do, but like it was quite funny. Did a did a press interview and lots of comments afterwards going, this person needs to go and show Boris um some speech therapy. And that sort of made me giggle. And yeah. did you know Winston Churchill had a stammer? I knew he had a lisp, but I didn't I didn't yeah. know he had a stammer. Well you got the King, King George from a King's speech, he had a stammer, but also I'm going to chuck a name that you Stormzy has a stammer. <laughs> really? And it sort of makes sense oh, wow. that he doesn't do that many media interviews. Then Ed Sheeran, he's got a stammer. And also, Warren Atkinson. And when you think about it, his biggest success was Mr. Bean, which is a non-talking role. Right, yeah. And, yeah. and he created Mr. Bean. And it just makes your brain sort of go... Um, just makes your brain wonder, really, which is what I love about the top about the topic. Oh, yeah, there's so many people I would have never. I mean, Ed Sheeran and Stormzy are very surprising. I do, I do remember there being an advert, uh, not an advert, a bit of a meme of Stormzy uh, stuttering and not being able to pronounce something on a on a radio interview once. Yeah, and and everyone memed it and everyone took the Mickey, and I remember finding it funny. Because I had no idea, but yeah. but I guess that's because he has a stammer, and that's kind of if he never said that, or if it wasn't made aware to me, I kind of kind of feel bad now because it's like I thought he was just being like silly or stupid, but clearly yeah. there's a reason why he was stammering. See, the thing like is like I can spot it. Now my stammer radar is quite a high percentage radar, and I can just tell straight away. And it's like when I see those memes that I, I know straight away, I'm like, yeah, they've got this. But also, like, it's like, how can I use this meme to show that this is the wrong thing to do? Especially when, like, because I think it just shows like the topic needs to be spoken about because, I mean, it wouldn't be, some like people aren't aware of it. Like, they did a so between 16 and 24-year-olds, 24% of Brits think it's okay to make fun of some of the stammer. And across all ages, 27% think it's okay. Just this crazy, like, bullied in school, like, what's wrong with your voice? What's wrong with your name? Tough, but sadly, it's 
reality. And, and yeah, so Zach, it's been absolutely, absolutely. Do you want to ask, do you want to ask some of the questions that you had prepped beforehand? Yeah, I think there's, yeah. A, there's probably a couple of questions uh -huh. I want to ask, actually. So let me sort of um, bring it in. Yeah. So when I was talking to Zach about planning the episode, one of my favourite things is when guests ask me questions because it's a rare and it sort of makes me think on the spot. And Zach said that he had a few questions to share. So Zach, fire away. Well, I did have one pre-prepared question uh, that I had a little bit of a think about a few weeks ago. Right. I've just thought of one during the conversation that I'm going to throw on the right. spot to you. Sure. Um, and it's around um, joking about, about stammering. And it's something because I've had an opinion on this for quite a while in terms of what jokes are okay to be said. And in the past, I've always maintained that I think you should be able to be joke about anything and maybe you don't find things funny. But as long as the intention of the joke is just to have a laugh in the kind of, not, not at someone in particular, yeah. but if you're allowed to joke about any kind of particular serious topic, because it brings a sting out of it. Yeah. What would you think about if, for example, there was a stand-up comedian who had a stammer, exaggerating his stammer and making a joke about it, and in that kind of sense, because I obviously appreciate that it's not good just to take the mick out of a stammer with no one there that has a stammer and just, just joke about it in like a derogatory, yeah. mean, serious way. In the same way, it's not good to be sexist, but like everyone has a little bit of a joke. They joke about men and women in a funny way. You see what I mean? Yeah, that is a really good question. And actually, I had Drew Lynch, who was a runners-up on America's Got Talent, and he's got a stammer, and lots of his material is around his stammer. And but that's like you say, it's a, like a different type of joking about his stammer because it's like he's joking about life of a stammer, and he's like. I, I well, I can laugh about it because it's my life and like it was really interesting like, talking to him but also there was another stand-up comedian who I had on he he also has a stammer and like he talks about being like a stammering comedian and I find it really inspiring that there are people with a stammer who actually want to follow through by like, being a comedian but also they help use their stammer as a material because as you say it's sort of like one of the biggest things for me is making people feel relaxed about my stammer. And like, even though at the TEDx my talk was about my stammer, for me to feel comfortable, I still had to address my stammer. Like I still said, mm. I know we've so we've spoken about the elephant in the room, but as I call it, stammer in the room. Hopefully, we will be done within the time frame <laughs> because it's sort of my sort of relaxation about it, and I think because you're always conscious about like how other people react to it. Like you're thinking about how people treat it. And I think when you make someone feel comfortable about it, then it's helps, helps it. But I think like, I've seen a material where like someone did a helicopter and like they then had after it, a person with really a girl with a really severe stammer following the helicopter. And I was like, no, that is not, not okay, because you can see the girl was struggling. I think when you can see a man being or the video, if a person is struggling and you're making a joke about someone who is struggling, that is not okay. But yeah. if you're sort of joking about the open subject, and I think if you're joking about, and if a person who's making a joke, they have a stammer, I think it's more sort of understandable. And it's I, sort and of empowering, is yeah. the way that I would view it as. Because exactly. I think a lot of people. Um, if we take like other things, for example, I like if someone's been involved in like a really really bad car crash, or if someone is maybe a certain ethnicity, but then they make the jokes about the things that oh you can't joke about that, but they make the jokes about it and they find it funny because by making it a joke, you're like taking the sting out of it and it's sort of the empowerment of like it's just language and it's just for a bit of a laugh. Like don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah, but of course, yeah, like you say, there's a distinction between that and like attacking someone for a laugh, but they're at the butt of the joke in yeah. a like personal scenario, which is of course off limits in in any way. So yeah, I think it's good. That's an interesting story as well about the 
Yeah, I I absolutely love that question. Like, it's actually one that I've never been asked before. And, and yeah. when I always get quite excited, like, I, I did a TV interview with Talk TV and Petri, the host. Like, it, I, despite it being at 1am, the interview, she asked some really good questions. And it just sort of made me think, actually, there is so much to talk about around the topic. And it's like, and I think the more we talk about the outer side of a subject, like the outer, maybe more sensitive core, the more people will be relaxed, like understand, because I think people understand it more from a harsher side of it, from like the cutthroat reality, compared mm. to when you give them the softer outlook of what's going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's good as well, because it stops you always talking about the same thing. Yeah. Getting a bit boring. Um, would you want to ask my, my one final question? Sure, go ahead. Um, the, the question was, because uh, I was actually quite taken aback by the amount of stuff you've been able to achieve and, and also you. set up this podcast and do the TEDx stuff and oh, all these opportunities so you're, you're obviously growing in. Um, Thank you. My question was, how and why do you think that your mindset has become so good and you've been such a great success? So when there are people out there without stammers and, and without the sort of neurodiversity that you have who always like complain about their circumstances and complain about the barriers that in reality they have it a lot easier like why do you think you've been able to actually take whatever circumstance you've had and just make a success of it and just say you know what these are the cards that I've been dealt let's do the best I can because I think that's I think that's personally so inspiring and a message that people need to hear because it's all too easy especially in today's culture, just to be a victim and just say the world's not fair. But you've clearly been an example of, actually, no, you can do it. So I think one of the biggest things for me is that, like, growing up, I had labels that fired me, which I spoke about, like, people said, oh, like, no kid should ever be taught from, like, a young age that life would be different in any aspect. Like, you won't be able to speak fluently what's wrong. Like, life would be harder for you than others because my learning difficulties are so hard and I think that gave me one aspect of like, you know what, let's defy the odds. But also I think there's been certain things that have always stopped me. Like someone said to me that you may only be good as, as a barista at Starbucks, but actually I'm like, no, I, I now work out one of the top a, 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 advertising agencies in my world. I, and like with the podcast and other TEDx, I know that public speaking isn't built for people that are stammered. So I want to push myself and I think when I want to push myself and take it to the next level, when I mean look to the next level, I mean the level above. Like I always set myself a high sight. Doing a public speaking event to like a group of, which I did to my speech language therapists, like normally people would like build a map first before jumping to the next stage. And I was like, no, I want my next thing to be like a TEDx stage. And, and I was like, you know what, if I put my head to it, if I work hard, if I build my, because to me, a part of it is like my personal brand, because the more I build my personal brand, the more I feel more confident in myself, and the more I see, because at first I was, when I was thinking about doing it, it's age school, I thought, I don't know my story is really worth your one. But the more I owned it, owned my story, and the more, and I think just owning my stammer, like realise that actually, it's me and it makes me the person who I am today so why am I hiding my true self because I'm not being you my stammer makes me unique and it makes me a William who I am today and I think that change of headset really like changed the narrative and I'm like actually if I've got a story I've pushed myself I want to show you to never judge a book by its cover no matter what age but also just never judge someone because you don't know what they're going through, but also you don't know what they could add to your company or you don't know what they could add to their oh, friendship group. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. why I called it was my stamina is my superpower because I see my, my superpower as a way to enlighten other people. So actually, what is holding you back? Because like, if I can perform on the TEDx stage with a stammer, why aren't you presenting that team meeting? Mm. And I'm always like, my new motto is I had like a sort of a life refresh last year. I thought, you know what, what makes me happy and what can I do to push myself? And I, was, and I now have to give myself a reason to say no. 
And is that no a good enough reason to actually say no? Or is it like, shall I meet up with that group of people? Or I might be anxious because it could be a new group of people and I'm not confident with location. I'm like, what would you be doing if you went home watching TV? So why wouldn't you go out and meet this new people because you don't know they could be? And it's just like pushing myself out there, but also networking. Like I I I thought whilst I'm at the stage of my career where I'm meeting like new people and I'm doing my podcast, like meeting new relationships. And it's really realised that networking is key, but also you don't know who will be able to help you in like, the future. And I, I didn't really expect from what I do with today, so I'd have lots of new guests for the podcast. And, yeah. and it's like, the TEDx has given me a massive confidence boost in myself, but also it's really weird how it's knocked all my nerves away. And literally, I, I did a, a TV interview Normally, I would have been absolutely petrified for it. So I'm really scared that I'm not feeling nervous for this. And, and they're like, because you've sort of, because you had all the nerves like before you went on, that sort of, like the adrenaline, but like, you now have that touch for it. And I think, I, I think the more I've believed in myself, the more like I've been able to show, was like, I'm not the only one with a stammer. And how can I help other people? Like I'm part of the Nepal Stammering Association. And they don't have that as good of a resources as we have. And I always say that I'm not a, I am not a, I am not a medical uh, professional. However, I am going through real life experiences and I can offer you heart to heart experience. Mm. And like we can exchange that. And I helped a person in a pool who I spoke with in the, te- in the TEDx and his story will, will always stay with me. And the way how he thanked me, he said, I, he, he, he was like, you are like, you are God's diamond to me. And he was like, what you've given me is a whole new look into faith. It was like, you, you're my, my role model. And I was like, Okay, that's my, like, and it's actually, I feel more heartwarmed when I get people who may not stammer themselves, but people of a parent go, I've got a child who stammers and I was struggling for the outlook and you really inspired me. Or like, a teacher mm. came up to me after like, the speech and she said, I've got a stammer, I've got a person who stammers in my class and I feel way more inspired by their future. Like, that sort of thing just means... So, like, I absolutely love it when like, some of the stammer reach out to me, especially when it's from, like, another country as well. Absolutely. I feel, I feel like I've just done a huge life story on you, <laughs> No, it's, it's amazing. I, I love how you flipped it on your head. I have to say, it's, it's, it's so inspiring for me as well. And I know uh, a glimpse of the feeling that you're talking about as well in terms of people messaging or talking to you about how, how you've inspired them and maybe in a couple of ways that through whatever I've done in the last few years, one or two people might have messaged me the same. And that I, I don't forget that. That's yeah. that's a feeling that you want more of. And that's a good feeling to want yeah. more. You're you're helping and you're but yeah, in the way you're doing it by by flipping what's what people might think as a being a bad thing completely on its head and using it to empower and, and drive your message and, and encourage other people to do the same, I think is we need more of that. And uh, less you. of people complaining when they have nothing to complain about, and more about more people just cracking on with life and taking it by the Thank scruff you. of the horns and just and just getting on with it, which is what I see you doing. Which is, Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, super good. Oh, oh, that's literally made my day. And I think I think if people realise if they change their mindset to a positive mindset, anything, nothing is impossible. And I think exactly. the more you believe in yourself, the more you accomplish because you give yourself that more self-belief so to round up this lovely episode with you Zach, i've got one last question for you if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer what would they be uh, my first piece of advice is to listen to this podcast uh listening to the, the amazing opportunities uh, that come um through life and embracing yourself regardless of whether or not you stammer i think uh, i often talk about like with my friends living 
as authentically and as your true self. Um, because yes, people might reject you and people might accept you, but if you're being your true self, then it doesn't matter about the people that reject you because those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind. So the people yeah. that will accept you and love you will do so because they accept and love the true you. And that's the best feeling. So live authentically, listen to this podcast and uh, just remember that it's all about perspective over the circumstances, which you've just talked about now and that you can do whatever you, you put your mind to. Amazing. Well, Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure um, talking to you again. And thank you so much for coming, coming on to the podcast. It's been great having your perspective on the topic, but also your questions were great. So thank you. Well, thank you. No, it's been one of the best experiences again. I'm oh. so glad uh, we've organised this after today. It's been really good. Amazing. And thank you so much for our listeners to join us today and listening to this episode with Zach. I'll, I'll mention all, all of Zach's links below so you can go and um, give him a follow and I'll give you his LinkedIn as well. So if you want to connect to him on LinkedIn. But also we've got some really exciting guests coming on soon and even some very exciting content coming on. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. As we've spoken about my TEDx quite a lot, the link will be in the episode description. So go and take a look at that. And remember, if you ever want to chat about it, feel free to send me a message on our social media, which is on Instagram and Twitter. But also we are on TikTok where we post everyday situations, but also just talk about the topic. And remember to join Summer Stories Day community, which is for people who stammer to talk to other people who stammer across the world to show that you're not alone. So see you again next time for two weeks with our next guest. Thanks. Bye.